I see so many people around me that have never left Long Island, right? That that have never left their home. And that is the saddest life a man can live, right? If they're happy, no, I used to say this, but if they're happy, it doesn't matter. Happiness and perspective and bubbles, like if your bubble makes you happy, Akuna Matata, Akuna Matata. Yeah, but it's a very like, like I don't know, man, like a sad form of happiness. Like, is that all? Is that your bubble? Like, is that all you have there? Like, at least, you know, venture out a bit. Expand the bubble. Get Ignorance out. is bliss. Ignorance is bliss. Trust me. If uh, I could snap my fingers and live like, uh, let's just say like, okay, a Down syndrome person. Okay. Every time I see a Down syndrome person, they're smiling, they're giggling, they're doing whatever. Like, if they're happy in their head 24-7, like, that's all that matters. The rest of the world is looking at them like, damn. Oh my God, like I, it would be so bad to be, you know, that in their shoes and living that. But what if in their head they are the happiest person in the world? Like it looks like it from the outside. I see it, right? Shit, if you could snap your fingers and be in eternal bliss, I mean, my God, that's what heaven is. That's what nirvana is, no? Absolutely. Hey, you're right, man. That's a, that's a good perspective. That's a very good perspective. Um, I think that's the problem, too, is when you see a lot, you do a lot, you experience a lot, then you're kind of fucked because you're like, oh, my God, like you, you're not there's no more ignorance necessarily. And you, you got to you have more struggle, you know, but obviously what we've talked about earlier is the struggle is what makes things happy and, and whatnot. And I can look back and say no regrets, blase, blase. But I'm never going to be the one that says I have all the answers. I'm speaking from my experience. I'm speaking from what I've learned, what I've read, studied, blah, 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 blah. And for the most part, I'm happy. So take that for how you want to take it. Back in bold, bomb, DI, an actually cold day in Brazil. If you know this, in the Southern Hemisphere, I'm in the winter time. Luckily, I'm not too far down south, so it's about 70 degrees, little windy, but I got to deal with this for another month, and it's dry, too. My skin is getting so uh, dry, and, you know, it's tough, it's tough to stay pretty in these different climates, my man. So, Mr. Anonymous, huh? Mr. Anonymous, soon-to-be doctor? Hey, man. How you doing? I, uh, I'll just call myself CY. Um... I came across a lot of your content uh, through Spotify, actually. Um, but I'm actually down here in the Philadelphia, um, Philadelphia area, and um, it's actually about to rain pretty badly down here. So I think you have a pretty good gig down in Brazil right now. Some yeah, haven't had got much rain in Brazil. Maybe one day in the last uh, three months, which is. Which is ideal, but that's interesting. So, would you type in Spotify to come across? A lot of people, when they find uh, the bull perceptions, it's uh, the Instagram, it's the YouTube. But uh, I'm glad to hear that the Spotify algorithm is is reaching. You know, so I'm pretty sure I searched something about like uh, traveling and dating, something along those lines, and I think two of your podcasts came up. Um, and I clicked on the first one. I heard the whole, you know, 40 to an hour of it. And I was like, oh, OK, this guy has some good content, some interesting perspectives that uh, are generally not appreciated in the States as they should be. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm canceled in the States for sure. hundred percent. Uh, but hold on. So you're going to go anonymous. We said CY and CY. it made me think of something, uh, a couple different things. One, 
that's kind of how I first felt when I started putting out uh, content like, oh, what if this person hears it? Or what if it's uh, misunderstood this way? And who's going to come after me? Is it going to affect business outside of this? And what I realized uh, is that none of it fucking happens. Nobody really cares besides the people who actually like your stuff. And then what I found out, the only time you start getting a little of the hater stuff is if something pops or if you start making a name for yourself. And I'm still very, you know, niche on this whole scale, but I have dealt with some clowns, you know, talking crap. And normally I could care less because usually it's some fat dude in, in the basement doing nothing, you know, right. talking to talk with anonymous photo on their on their Twitter or Instagram. And but recently I had a situation. In this situation, I was like, okay, this is, I don't like. Some dude um, that was from my hometown that I, I, I don't even know messaged me on Facebook, my personal Facebook account, which I usually only use for like, uh, I've made it for Europeans because they use uh, the Facebook a lot. And he dug up a video of my grandpa's funeral in a speech that I gave one hour into it and sent me a screenshot and said, you're so bad and so self-centered and this and that. And I appreciate that he did it with his name, you know? <laughs> yeah. And when, when I first saw this, I'm like, first of all, this happened, what, six, seven months ago, my funeral? And why the hell are you watching someone's funeral at three o'clock in the morning? And then you have the balls to say this to someone that was speaking over their loved one's dead body. I mean, I was yeah. like, what the hell is going on? So I let it go. I didn't say anything. But later that day, I was watching uh, the movie, great movie, um, All Quiet on the Western Front. It's a German film about uh, World War One, and it just got me emotional. And I was drinking a little wine, you know, yeah. and then so I went back at this kid, and I let this dude have it, you know, and, and then he apologized, and, you know, Hakuna Matata. But that's the first time through all this content stuff, I put out a lot of stuff. I've shown a lot of my life. I've been very open about things. That's the first time I was like, damn. This is fucked up, right? And I couldn't imagine with, with someone who has like a you know way bigger platform, you know, all the crazy haters that really say like personal shit, right? Yeah, so there there is a point to you know being the whole anonymous thing and whatnot, but for the most part, the pros of putting yourself out there 10 million times outweigh the cons of hiding in your room and you know living a a non-authentic uh, life. That's what I think this is, is being authentic, being who, right. who the hell you are. And it reaches the people you want to connect with. Right. Right, man. It's um, I completely agree with that. It, it's like you find your people. Right. I found you. Um, and it's interesting, though. It, it's about I think at least I've also found value in finding my people, you know, expressing my voice, my opinion, but also kind of valuing my privacy. There has always been kind of a beauty and privacy that I have found kind of important to maintain my own peace of mind. Um, but I'm not as far into this as you. Um, and I'm sure as I continue it, it's something that you will start to get desensitized to. Um, but yeah, man, I completely agree with you. Bro, I think there's nothing worse than going through life and, you know, putting on a mask and trying to fit in with the people around you, whether it's in the, the medical school, it's at your nine to five job, it's with your family, your friends. And to me, I don't know, I would go freaking bananas. That's how a lot of people live. OK, they play, you know, on the on the what's the thing you walk on uh, on top of 
the little string, you know, and you have the thing that balances you, tightrope. People yes. walk on tightropes their whole life and then they get to the end of it. And, you know, from what I've talked to older people and, you know, heard stories is like, why did I give a fuck? Why did I not do what I wanted to do, say what I wanted to do, be with who I wanted to be with? But people, I think they live in scarcity, right? They live yeah. in a mindset where it's like, oh, if I don't have this friend group or if, or if this person thinks bad at me, like, you know, what's going to happen? And, and to me, fuck that. And I've been lucky. I've been doing this my whole life. Like, I'm either going to be the man or I'm going to be the lone wolf. But I'm not going to go play and be someone I'm not just to fit in with some, you know, goofy group. Because they'll kill you inside. You'll be comfortable at the start, but you'll be dying as the time goes on, you'll be way more depressed than if you were alone living the way you wanted to live. That's an absolute fact, man. I have come to see that. And there's there's so many fucking people in the world. People don't understand that. You, you will find your people eventually. You will find your group. And even if I'm alone for a few years or some time, it doesn't bother me one bit. That being said, I'm an only child. So I have always valued my privacy my alone time. I don't give a fuck what this guy thinks, what that guy thinks. Um, and I think there is also a beauty in a man being selfish that is unfortunately not applauded in the States the way it should be. Um, but I mean, that's just kind of a conversation of its own, but I completely agree, man. It's just, you live life the way you want to live. Um, and you say, fuck everybody else. Well, the whole philosophy on this, too, is like uh, if you're not happy, you can't make other people happy. Right. So a lot of the people go their way to, OK, you know, everyone else around me need, needs to be good and I need to make sure that they're happy. But inside, like it, it, it's going to destroy you. Right. And it's going to end in you blowing up and, and doing some crazy shit. Right. So I think the whole key is, OK, you got to get your shit straight for sure. Then you got to get, you know, then you focus on your family. And you focus on your friends and your community, you know, maybe your city, then your state and then your country. A lot of people skip these steps. OK, they go right to like marching and uh, climate change things or like freaking because this just came up recently. The Black Lives Matter thing, the yeah. whole scam exposed, which I, I said from day one. And I remember there were some dudes helping me out on the podcast. They're like, dude, just post a, a black tile. Like, come on, like anyone that doesn't do it is a racist. I said, fuck that. I am not going along with this clown thing that is happening, especially, I mean, this is even more further. Like if anyone does any sort of thing on George Floyd or that situation, I mean, don't even get me started. But anyways, this whole uh, scam thing got exposed, right? And what was I speaking about before this? It had to do with this. What was I talking about? Uh, oh, here it, yeah, here it is. Here it is. So I was in Genoa, Italy, right? Okay. And this is when they were doing all these marches around the world for Black Lives Matter, right? And uh, I was walking to the old city center. I was seeing uh, Christopher Columbus's old house. And um, I started hearing like a bunch of noise going on. I was like, what the hell is this? So I keep walking. While I'm walking, three African dudes come to me and say, hey, you know, sir, can, can I get some money? And this is normal in Italy. There's a ton of like uh, Nigerians and people that are uh, on the street, you know, asking for money. I actually made a good friend in, in Bologna and uh, he told me he was making like 30,000 euros a year tax free of begging on the street. He's got a car, he's got an apartment, et cetera. But anyways, let me get to the story. So three people asked me, right? I said, no, like if I give you money, I got to give everyone money. I'm going to go broke. Right. So I finally get to where the noise is and guess what the noise is about. It's about black lives matter. There's probably four black dudes there speaking and like, 
200 Italians, right? And they're all, oh, this and that. And I'm like, I just walked by three African people begging for money. And you guys are over here just talking the shit about something that happened in, in the USA, right? So my point was, is people, they, they jump to like the biggest issues in the world. Oh my God, if climate change is solved, then I'll be happy. Oh my God, Democrats, Republicans, like instead of focusing on themselves, for one, get their shit together. And then two, you move on to your family. And like I said, the, the thing goes, but everyone wants to just go to the big picture because it's the easiest thing because a lot of that shit's never going to change. Right. And it's a, it's a pipe dream. So I can act like I'm being a good person and, and, and show the world that I'm doing something good instead of, you know, maybe waking up the fuck in the morning, you know, being productive member of society, making the people around you better, your community. They don't want to do that. That's hard. Okay. You know, doing the hard stuff is, is, is not fun. And especially now everyone wants instant gratification and, and scrolling their fucking TikTok and, and whatnot. I'm getting going already, Mr. CY. You're, you're making me fire it up. Please do. Continue. Um, but I did. I um, completely agree. And it's interesting. It, it, it It's actually a more problematic issue in the States. And I'm pretty impressed that it's gone that far to Europe. But, I mean, it's okay. like even, dude, the, the people here, the – the community here like they don't want to help themselves they want to complain about it they're on social they're on tiktok instagram saying this saying that doing protests which i think protests are the biggest waste of fucking time like it does nothing zero like if you changed your viewpoint as a man like okay i'm an african-american um i have this issue that issue going against me like how about i take charge of my own life and not complain about the issues or the systemic um issues that have been around for hundreds of years i understand you know that's a problem but let me focus on myself and improve myself in this community um but i think the a good point because i think the racism yeah, here is let me hit on that let me hit on that i've met a lot of like africans i've met a lot yeah. of afro-caribbeans i met a lot of black people down in south america and they're the first ones to bash african or american african-americans in the states they call them professional victims they they say crazy stuff about them right most racist people i've met have been africans about african-americans right and that's what i'm saying i think in a, I, I got a dude um uh, T-Bob with Foreign Strategies, who I've done a lot of content with, and he's a traveler and whatnot, and he's very, he's from Texas, so obviously he leans very conservative and whatnot, and he, we've had discussions about this, and it's just like, if you were born in the United States, no matter what skin color, no matter what, in the last uh, probably 75 years after World War II, you were giving a lottery ticket at life, okay? And a lot of these dudes, like, they grow up, like, Oh my God, you, you know, no, it's your, it's everyone else's fault. Just, just keep doing this, keep doing that. And, and they, they just, they're like little kids. That's how they're right. treated. And it's not good, but people I'm telling you, especially African-Americans leave the country, see what it's really like in the real world. And you will be very grateful no matter all the weird stuff that's happened in the USA, which is nowhere near as bad as people portray it. You know, there was 6 million for the, the, the transatlantic slave trade, 6 million Africans were sent to Brazil. Guess how many were sent to the USA? How many? I think it was 130,000 or 150,000. Wow. 
And USA gets the biggest blame in the world for slavery when Africans were shipped like maniacs to the Caribbean and in South America. But I don't want to stay on this tirade because it's it's right. so I'm so over it. I'm so sick of it. Here's a show note. It was three million to Brazil and about another three million to the Caribbean, and the United States had three hundred thousand. And uh, and it's funny though. Like I'm I'm back on Twitter, mm -hmm. and my God, you know this is getting like tense though. The race re relations and and people like saying crazy stuff, and I, I worry. I I think um, things are. I think the pendulum always swings. You know, and I oh, think oh. it's gotten to a point where people um, are just sick of a lot of uh, uh, of these kind of topics and me especially. But anyways, you sent me a little outline. I'm talking too much. Yeah. Man. Uh, let's uh, let's get into your outline you want to talk about. Let's do it. I so, you know, I was um, going through Instagram and I, I think first off, I saw you had a post in Scandinavia um, and you had a whole blurb about it. And, you know, Scandinavia is an interesting part of the world to me. Um, I've actually never been. I've been all over the world, just not Scandinavia yet. And I was planning to spend a few months there. I was curious, how was the experience you had in terms of dating and living there? Um, well, first of all, do you have some money? Because it's not cheap in Scandinavia. I've heard that too. Yeah. Yeah. Very expensive. But um, so I lived in Copenhagen. For, I mean, about a year and uh, it was beautiful. I, I was, that was my first time living outside the country too. And it was totally like, oh my God, like, how can a society function this good? Like, damn, there is free healthcare, free school. People are getting paid if they don't work. Um, I was just seeing things. I was like, okay, you know, cause before, you know, like the Bernie Sanders or, oh, let's do the Scandinavian model and oh, the socialist and, and, and all that kind of idea. And, and, um, but when I got to actually live it, I was like, damn, okay, this worked. This is like actually a functioning, you know, very highly advanced civilization that was built over a thousand years. Okay. And there's a lot of factors that go into why it is the way it is for, for one, they're 99% the same people. They have the same like morals, the same ethics. Um, they care not only about themselves, their family, but their community, their country as a whole. It's, it's very advanced. Okay. And it took a long time for, for this to happen. Um, and I have nothing but appreciation for, for what they have built because it is, is very beautiful. But I think the civilization that was built off freaking the most terrorizing, you know, warriors ever possibly the Vikings has turned into very um, soft now. Um, it's probably the most um, men and women are for sure the most equal there. A lot of the times the women are like in the masculine role, which it still is, is working. They had a lot of problems with the immigration. Sweden is really fucked up. Denmark was getting there, but then they kind of slapped the, the, the hammer down recently. Norway doesn't let barely anyone in besides Oslo which is getting a little wild because they got the trillion dollar oil fund and a lot of social programs that you can't just bring in millions of people and, and expect the economy and the, the government to work the same. Right. But my point on that post on Scandinavia is I think it's peak. I think it's the most peak civilization that uh, has happened on earth throughout history. I mean, we don't know way back in the day, like before recorded history, but I mean, they're, they're doing well. Right. But my point of that whole post was like, damn, when I'm in Scandinavia, it's too good. It's there's no like feels like there's no suffering. There's no like 
like, uh, you know, to get the highs, you need some sort of lows, right? And when I'm there, and it took me about a couple months after living in Copenhagen, when the, the rose-colored glasses came off, I'm like, damn, a lot of people are on antidepressants. They a are. lot of people drink themselves silly on the weekend. A lot of people are, you know, fucking around nonstop to, like, try to feel something. Um, so, I don't know. My time in, in Scandinavia, and the post was about Lilyhammer in uh, uh, Norway. It's a place that I think is beautiful for like just to relax and chill out for a little bit, but not somewhere that I can I can live full time because I don't feel like that uh, vitality and that that feeling of uh, of being alive. Yeah, so you know it's uh, it's funny you say that Scandinavia has um, one of the most amount of antidepressants prescribed in Europe. Yeah. No, the world. Iceland, Denmark, uh, Sweden, and Norway are, are some of the tops in the world. And um, some people say it's, you know, because of the lack of sun. But I believe a lot of it actually comes from the fact that there is honestly, there's no struggle there. There is no, people don't have to work for things. So over time, the constant, okay, this is handed to me, becomes monotonous. It becomes, you know, okay, we did this today, tomorrow, the day after. It's all pleasure, no pain. And I think there was a podcast you were speaking to somebody about, and you had this point that you said uh, there has to be a balance between pain and pleasure, right? Between hedonism, discipline, hard work, and just fucking around, having a good time. Um, no, 100%, dude. You, you, don't, you don't feel pleasure if you don't feel pain like in uh, i think i was maybe talking about uh my time in southeast asia which was similar because it's you know it's safe so i think southeast asia and latin america are very similar when it comes with like being a white dude especially and uh, (laughs) the cost of living the girls you know whatnot um but southeast asia dude it was like you 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 fuck enough you drink enough you get massages you eat great thai food for ten dollars like there's just and you don't have to worry about getting shot in the street or getting robbed right and it was just i was bored of it i was like this is everything i've ever wanted but this is it doesn't feel good right because there's no struggle right and we talk about this especially now with all that red pill stuff and manosphere content that that popped up is about like the pain and, you know, suffering and working super hard towards a, a goal. And that is like a big reason why I still do this uh, American football overseas is because it's like, that is the point of it. You practice all this time, you work your ass off, you go out there on a, on a battlefield to get that feeling of, of winning and, and with your teammates, your brothers, like you're after a game, you're freaking dead, but you're like, your brain is firing with all this, like, Oh my God, like uh, we did it. We worked hard. We won. Let's celebrate. And like, and that is, uh, I think, definitely the the point of um, the hedonistic type lifestyle is that you, you always search for more too. So if you're doing this life, like I was in Thailand and in Cambodia, nothing satisfies you. It's like, no, I need something more. I need something different. I need to do this. I need, and it, it's a slippery, slippery slope. Slope. And obviously, this is quite, uh, um, what is it called? Cliche. You know, like people tell you this all the time, the religions and, and whatnot. But I think you need to really experience it to fully like grasp it. A lot of people can just talk about it, but they don't understand it. I completely agree with you, man. It's um, 
these past, I think, since January, I've just been traveling to different states. I've just been drinking, talking to girls, enjoying a really fucking good life. And here I am in May, and I'm like, you know, that was fun, but after a while, it becomes dull. And, you know, that's um, I'm in healthcare because of that, because I do believe in delayed gratification, right? And putting in the work and seeing the fruits of the seeds that you planted in a couple years. It's not fun now, but it's worth it, right? And I think it's something that every man has to put himself through, some type of suffering, some type of pain to, to prove himself worthy in this world, if that makes sense. No, 100%. I mean, that's the, the thing about like working out. You're, you're doing the struggling during the, the gym session, but after you have that endorphin high, you're like, oh my God, I, I feel so good. So, and it, it's for sure something I think we're missing, um, especially with all the social media and whatnot. Everything is instant gratification, right? And we all get trapped up in this, this, this cycle. And everyone knows when you go scroll on those reels or whatnot, and all of a sudden 30 minutes goes by and you're like, you feel like shit, you feel tired, like, but in the moment, you're like, oh, yeah, give me that dopamine. Give me that. You know, I feel good off it. Same with um, the jerking off, like the porn and all that kind of stuff. In the moment, oh, my God, people are feeling great. And after they feel like, you know, oh, yuck, like God. this is stupid, right? Over. Speaking of that, I got to do this episode soon. I think I'm going to do it on the six-year anniversary. Okay. I'm five and a half years, uh, end of December, um, December 23rd, 2017 is the last time I jerked my own shit off. Is that crazy or what? Really? No fat, baby. So hold up. You've been on no fat for four or five years now? Five and a half. It'll be six years, December 23rd, 2017. Good for you. Bro, it's life changing, but I can't, I can't talk about it anymore because I got to do like a full episode on this. I think it'll be It'll be crazy, but that is like a, an easy way to, to limit instant gratification for long-term uh, satisfaction. Absolutely. I completely agree with you, man. It's gotten me some trouble situations, no doubt about it, but I'm my whole life. I mean, I wouldn't say it totally changed, but it definitely made an impact on like uh, everything for sure. Wow. It's a, uh, it's a, uh, it's same with like the cold showers, do that kind of stuff, the meditation every day, you know, all these I different things that are tough to do, but but worth their it. long-term satisfaction, 100%. Absolutely. What else do we have on this list? Go through that list, baby. Let's do it. All right. Let's do this. Hold on. Um, all right. Here's a question. As uh, someone who has dated around the world, dated in the States, et cetera, I, um, I have always believed that these dating apps are actually kind of a crutch for men versus the old school going up and approaching a woman. In your current situation or over the years, have you found that you are better off without the apps or with them? Oh, shit. To me, the apps are a funnel of abundance, right? You, you don't spend too much time on there, but you throw out a bunch of leads, you get some back and, and you set updates right now. It depends where you're at. Cause like in Brazil, you don't just go up to random people necessarily on the street. First of all, yeah. you don't really walk on the streets randomly cause you're worried about getting robbed. Um, the, the language barrier is obviously more difficult, but there's no question in my life, like the, the day gaming or having good conversations with people, uh, on the street is the most hot, one of the bigger highs you'll get, you know, going up to someone and say, Hey, excuse me, do you speak English? You know, you look very pretty. I like what this about you, even if they reject you, you know, say, no boyfriend, this or that 
usually you both leave with like a smile, right? It's human like communication. It's, it's getting to know someone differently. It's something that no one really does necessarily anymore. I, I mean, the craziest and most beautiful times and relationships I've had have be, have came from meeting people during the day, not at night at a club during the day and, and doing what you're talking about. Um, my current girlfriend, I, I met her, um, in a, an apartment building, I was going down the stairs and she actually said Dean's Dobre to me. And I was like, what the hell? Polish people don't say this kind of shit. And it was like a, like an angel, like a light came over her. Right. And I'm like, are you talking to me? Like normally I'm the dude that's going up and, and saying it to them. Right. And we had yeah. this beautiful conversation and um, it, it went from there. Right. And I think that is special. That is like moment in time. You know, everything happens for a reason uh, type vibe. And I definitely think a lot my airpod just went on can you hear me good right yep no i definitely think there's no question about it like these dating apps for sure um it's for people that are, are scared to get face rejection face face reality because a lot of times i've been just totally destroyed you know meeting people and they're just like nope don't want to talk to you like oh, what are you that's saying part of it. this that's part of it oh 100 and it makes you it makes you look at yourself too like um let me put this one in Hold on. These damn AirPods. The rejection? Yeah. I'm good, right? My Wi-Fi is showing low bars, no? Yep, good. The rejection is, uh, for one, it makes you look at yourself like, okay, you know, am I like an idiot? Am I smiling? Do I look like a threat? Am I dressed nice? Is my hygiene good? It makes you kind of like, uh, you know, reevaluate yourself. But also a lot of times is, People, they live in their own reality. You know what I mean? You have no idea what that person was just going through. Maybe their father died. Maybe, you know, they just had a terrible breakup with their boyfriend. They hate men forever, right? So you can't take necessarily things too personally. But if it gets to a point where everyone doesn't want to talk to you, like even the cafe lady or, you know, the old uh, grandma that's your neighbor, you probably are giving off a bad vibe and you need to definitely fix that. So to answer your question, Dating apps are 1000% a crutch in, in this modern world. And it doesn't, when you're using a dating app, people just swipe. They don't even look at humans. It's like, a, it's not even, there's no connection. There's, it's, it's not good. But I have met a lot of good people from it. So I won't totally dismiss it. And the best thing about dating apps is it expands your mind, right? Because all of a sudden you have 43 year old MILFs that are, you know, like, oh, I want to see you, right? Like, let's talk. And But in the street, you would have never went up to her, right? She's probably right. married. She's probably not interested. Like, dating apps really kind of expand uh, the thought process that everyone is kind of twisted some sort of way and not to be afraid to to talk with anyone type uh, idea. Do you get that? Absolutely, man. Um, it, it honestly, I think, is the biggest crutch for men in the States, right? If you live in a big city like D.C., New York City, Chicago, San Diego, it should be illegal for a man to have a dating app. There are so many fucking girls out there that if you just had the confidence to approach them, I'm sure you could get rejected. But as long as you keep shooting your shot, you build your confidence um, and it pays off. I was in San Diego for a month and uh, there was this one coffee shop, Moniker General, that I would keep coming back to and just getting girls numbers and talking to them. And uh, I had a great time. And 
it was something that I look back on and I'm like, every man should do this, right? Just push yourself, do it. Um, the best part I, is too, is keep going. I'm sorry. The best part is too, you don't just do it with girls. You do it with everyone. You start being the, a social butterfly. You know what I mean? Oh, some dude's got cool boots on. Like, damn, you look like a cowboy from Texas. Like, what's your story? And I've had crazy experiences, not gay, not sexual shit, with dudes where I shot the shit with them on the street and all of a sudden we're partying down in, in Portofino. We're having uh, a lunch in, in fucking Warsaw. Like, we're doing, you know, business deals. Like, just it's it's part of human nature like you can't be alone 24 7 like you need connection you need you know new different things and and the 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 skills of communication the skills of what we're talking about uh totally correlates with sales it totally correlates with like business with, with lifestyle everything it's just being a, a social human being you know what i mean the problem is in the states though it's different you, you need to go to a place where you can walk there's not many cities in the States where you can just, you know, walk around and, and meet people unless you go to like a park, but usually they're on their, their headphones and they're running. Or like you said, go to a cafe, you know, go to areas where you can mingle around. But I do understand that in the United States, that cities have built, been built for cars. It's a lot harder to just have, you know, the conversation you do in a random European city when you're walking down Main Street and there's tons of people, right? Yeah. Completely agree with you, man. For sure. What what else you got on that outline? Um, uh, so you know, an interesting concept I've been playing around with, right? Like I'm currently, I'm 28, right? And I have found that I feel younger, and I feel more energetic when I'm dating girls that are also much younger, 20, 21. I can get girls my age when I'm 35, 40. I'm curious, how do you pursue in terms of target audience? And is there a, is there a method that you have behind it? <laughs> a target audience. We're, we're doing sales. Like we're, we're finding hey, leads, our, tar our target market. Um, pretty much. Yeah. I like younger girls a hundred percent. And that's like a big controversial thing especially from uh, older women. And then like dudes will start trying to, trying to bash you like, no, like, you know, um, here's the biggest thing is they're, they haven't been through as much trauma baggage, you know, right. a girl that, you know, 28, 29 has probably had, you know, some messed up relationships or, you know, things that went wrong. Um, youth is uh -huh. a lot of times beauty that's been yeah. known throughout human history. There's a reason why all the models are very young. Okay. That's just, that's just how it is. Um, obviously, uh, it, it is more hard to, to relate, you know, sometimes, um, especially like, I think even our generation, I'm 27 is way different than people who are like 22 and younger that grew up with the, the iPad and, and the phone and whatnot. But for the most part, women, a lot of times mature way faster than men, especially in Europe. I mean, I think an 18, 19-year-old girl in Europe is the same maturity level as a 22, 23, just graduated girl in, in USA. And I think that comes down to uh, factors of culture um, that they drink way earlier. Uh, so they have a lot of those crazy experiences, you know, earlier, not just in uh, university. But uh, 
Yeah, to me, I think this is known. Like every dude knows it. There's a reason you see dudes on Instagram that are 40, 50 years old commenting on, you know, 19, 20 year old girls Instagram saying, baby, I just want you. Well, they have a wife and kids like, you know, there's a lot of beauty in youth. And I think anyone that shames you for that is one, an older woman or two, a dude that is buying along with all, all, all the bullshit. But no, through through my experiences, um. Uh, as long as the person is like not an idiot and uh, like has some sort of like uh, smartness to them, I'm all for it. You know what I mean? And this is funny because I was seeing um, a girl here in Brazil, uh, 24, but um, super feminist, super, uh, you know, whatever the, the mainstream shit is now. And she's like, uh, I was talking about, you know, my preferences, you know, younger girls, you know, more innocent, you know, not. Uh, she's like, what do you mean? Like. You're talking about, you know, how nurturing they are and, you know, their their youth and uh, um, that they, they just listen to you. And uh, and why not, you know, a girl with a degree or a girl with a good job or a girl that has her own shit going on? I'm like, I don't give a fuck necessarily. I don't like I, I want a, a girl that is, uh, you know, very loving, caring, respectable, is proper, um, is not, uh, uh, you know, messed up in the head from past relationships like that is uh, something that I want in my life. Like I, I've lived all the crazy. I've done all the crazy. Like I want someone that I can share, like you know, moments um, of peace and tranquility with. And I, and I don't need uh, the woman. I think to me, and a lot of people have said this, got sold a lot of bullshit. They got sold to become the man they want to become. You understand? So they got sold. Okay, you be a strong, independent, you know, woman and make money and and you know, do this and, and do that. But that's like they're trying to become the person that they wanted. You know what I mean? Like they think right. that's what's attractive to people who, who are in that situation or the men. No, dude, I've met so many girls that are younger that were with like 35, 38 year old uh, uh, dudes that made millions of dollars. Why aren't those dudes with uh, the 35 year old uh, CEO of a company in Germany? Like it's obvious, like people, like, they, they want to live in some delusion that this isn't uh, what, what men want. Hundred percent, and you know it's interesting because um, that is garbage that's specifically sold in the United States. Um, no, no, no. United States exports that to every country, and it's it's slowly infiltrating all these different places. Has it? I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, um, it, but I mean, like that's also why we have these issues that we don't want to deal with American women. They're garbage these days, man. Absolute shit. And I'm sure that's something that you can agree with. Um, and it's just like, I have so many of my classmates that are getting married at 27, 26. And I'm like, dude, hold the fuck up. All right. Enjoy your twenties, right? Enjoy your life. She's not the one, this chick that you met at 22, who holds your balls by the grip of her hand and has your life wrapped around her fingers. I promise you, she's not the one. Um, and there is a huge, I think, you know, feminization of the men in the States that has been happening over the years and it's gotten worse, just progressively worse. Um, but which kind of leads me on to the next question. Do you think, or agree that your 20s as a man should be specifically for just dating and having a good time 
and then spending your 30s, you know, actually trying to find someone of, you know, value or, you know, someone to actually settle down with. Well, hold on to answer your thing. Okay. As long as that person is happy, I'm totally fine with it. They want to build something, you know, with that girl that they like and everything is good. But if that person is doing it out of scarcity and like, damn, this is, I can't find anything else. Yeah. Yeah, If it's out of scarcity, then you you got some issues because like to answer your next question, um, I mean, I've only lived one, what one life and obviously I'm very content with the way and the decisions I've made, but I don't know you know, what it's like to get married early and, and build a family and whatnot. But I do know that that divorce rate in the United States is getting worse and worse. And I don't think I would want to put a, a loaded gun to my head and, and put all my my livelihood in someone's hands to, to one day say, hey, you know what? Like, let's get divorced type deal, you know? And I think also as a dude, and I can speak on this, is uh, the, the older you get, I think uh, obviously the money gets better. I think your looks definitely get better. I think your style gets better. The way you can communicate gets better. So I think like uh, Rolo Tomasi and a lot of the red pill guys talk about is like uh, the value of a man. It kind of peaks in like uh, the, the low thirties, you know, they even say like 35, 36. And from what I've experienced, you know, uh, dealing with women, um, a lot of them, have been dating those kind of dudes that are 36, 37, 38, and uh, they like it. Right. So it's like, huh, maybe from my point of view is every time I met someone that I thought that was the perfect person and we had beautiful times together. And, you know, obviously those times have, have ended. I found someone better. Okay. And I think that is uh, the abundance mindset that I live in. And we'll see if it turns out to be right, you know, five, 10, 15, 20 years from now. But, uh, Everything I've seen and experienced, I think you would be very stupid. It depends on what you want, though. But I, I think for most men, I think you'd be very stupid to to just cash in your chips very early to, to a girl that especially if you're not super happy with and just say, OK, you know what? I'm done with this part of my life. I'm going to just uh, get married you know, and do that kind of idea because I think you're settling. And I don't think settling is necessarily a good thing, especially in your 20s as a dude. Absolutely. Give me a quick second. I'll be right back. All right. All good. Um, dude, I, I uh, completely agree with that. And it's also just not something that guys are taught, I think, from their dads. Um, that's something that from day one, dad just hammered that into my head. Like, look, he said, focus on your grind. Enjoy the girls, right? Like they will come and go and come and go. And there will always be another option out there. And I think, you know, as you travel, I'm sure you've seen that. You've dated, you've met hundreds, thousands of girls. And there's always another attractive girl out there. That's the beauty of it. There's a never ending supply of them. Yeah. I mean, a couple points there. I mean, one, I think after you you do it a long time, it doesn't become about the attraction no more. It becomes about obviously the connection and the feeling around them and and so forth. But uh, yeah, I I think that is the problem with the West, a hundred percent. I I do not blame women. It's the men that have created this disaster, and it's the dudes that just bend over and and take all this 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 BS. And that is exactly why I've said it a million times. Why Andrew Tate became the most famous person on the planet because so many people are craving for something else because they, they go through this, this life 
listening to all this crazy stuff. But deep down inside, they're like, this doesn't feel good. Something feels off. Like, I don't feel like I'm being, you know, who I am. And they gravitate to someone like him, someone like him who takes all these ideas, makes them hyperbolic, exaggerates them, obviously, to get uh, attention, to get clicks, to make money. And, uh, uh, and that, that is the thing, though. You can't, if you go that far, there's a lot of good points about Andrew Tate. But these dudes will take everything he says or, or take his whole mindset and take it to the extreme. And that's where you're going to go down the rabbit hole. And the rabbit hole is not good for you. It's not good for the girl. It's not good for anyone. And that's something that people need to be very careful about when they're talking about stuff like this or masculinity or, or, or whatnot, because it can get dangerous really quick. Because what is masculinity? Is, is masculinity Alexander the Great? That dude slaughtered millions, took over the world. Is it, is it Genghis Khan? Is it all the, is Caesar? Caesar exterminated 2 million Gauls. Like, there, like there's, a, there's a point of masculinity where you can use it to de destroy, to conquer, or to build, to create, to do all these beautiful things, right? And I think that is the tipping point, what's going on right now, because everyone's starting to bash the, the red pill, the manosphere. Even Andrew Tate, he went after that, even though he used it to, to get to where he is now. And it's, uh, it's slippery. And I definitely think healthy masculinity is something that needs to be talked about. But healthy masculinity is not... Uh, uh, you know, cry on the, the sofa and tell everyone your feelings and, yeah. and so forth. You know what I mean? Like toxic masculinity, there's a lot of pros to it. And we need to start having people out there that talk about, okay, how do we uh, uh, channel this, this this idea and not uh, use it for destruction? You know what I mean? I couldn't agree more. It's um, And that's the key word. It's healthy. It's to have a healthy form of it. Um because I think there's so many guys, and I think a majority of the guys in the red pill uh, sphere that are just salty. They're just upset that some girl, you know, fucked them over. And it doesn't have to be like that, right? It, it's not something that you have to stay salty about or even be salty about. You just have to understand this is human nature and this is how, as a guy, I should act to move forward and have my best interest in mind. That's simply all it is. Um, I think but, that, yeah, the strongest people can take that bullshit and not get angry and bitter about it and, and forgive, but learn. So you're not stupid and, and get slapped in the face again, but not to, like these red peel people do. They just, oh my God, one person screwed them over. Now they hate everyone. You know what I mean? It's just, it's, that's weak. That's a weak cringe. person. It's very cringe actually. Yeah. Cringe. But anyways, go to the next topic though, because um, we talked a lot about this. So kind of, you know, Moving on from that, I've seen that you've, you know, traveled a lot. You've been around to a lot of countries. Do you plan to come back to the States and live or not? If all this crazy victimhood, white person is evil, if you're straight, you're stupid, um, all this crazy stuff happens, no, I will not come back. I mean, one, one uh, week of the year, I, I said this on the Instagram story. Until that stuff stops, I'll only step foot in the States for maybe one to two weeks of the year to see my family, obviously. But if it doesn't stop, I'm not doing it. You know what I mean? And my plan is I want to get a home in uh, Florianapolis, Brazil, somewhere in southern Europe, probably like Tropea, Italy, and then maybe uh, someplace in Southeast Asia and go from season to season doing that. But there's to me, the States is it's either here's what's going to happen. I think we're going to fucking balkanize. Everything's going to get split up. 
I think we're going to like totally go off the, the crazy train with everything we talk about, or there's going to be a huge pendulum swing, kind of like uh, Roe v. Wade, where they banned uh, abortion in some states. I think it might go back to like crazy, like conservative type ways, like uh, if this, this situation starts happening. So either way, uh, I'm going to be grateful for the fact that I was born there. I'm going to leverage every opportunity I was given you know, because that's where all the money is in the United States. But uh, no, I have no, I have zero. There's nothing for me in the United States besides my family. And I hate to say it, I don't think it's going to get any better in the States either. <laughs> um, uh, the mindsets that are in power now will continue, I think, unfortunately, to prevail. Um, but I agree with you. I believe the States are a place that is good for me to make my money so that I can leave and enjoy the world off the cash I made in the state. Um, and that's, you know, that is unfortunately pretty much about it because I believe there are so many other parts of the world that although isn't as convenient um, in terms of what the states provide, it's such a better life for guys, right? There's so much more abundance that we have at our toes um, that should be taken advantage of. You know? Have you left the states? Oh uh, yeah, I've been. I have been to Brazil. I've been to Italy, uh, Spain, France, everywhere. Um, oh, you've been but around. I've only, you know, I've only been there for you know weeks at a time with family. Mm -hmm. What I want to do is, you know, spend a few months a year in different countries. I want to go to Argentina, to Italy, to Scandinavia, um, and just live in these, you know, pockets of the world and experience life you know, the way they experience it, experience the way they live, the way the girls are, the dating scene, the food, the culture. And that just makes you a more wholesome person. There's a great quote. They say, um, travel is the only thing you buy that makes you richer. And it's absolutely true. Experience. Yeah. You learn a lot. hundred percent. I, I definitely would try to do it sooner than later. So I was talking to someone about this recently. <clears throat> um, I'm, I think I'm losing my energy. Like before I could go every three days to a new place. I remember was it four or five years ago, we did uh, eight countries in 30 days and it was fine. It was easy. And if I had to do that right now, oh my God, it, I oh, would lose God. my mind. Like I'm, I'm slow traveling. But then yeah. also I made that uh, reel recently about uh, living so Italian. Yeah. I took a bunch of clips from uh, from Italy, and I was just thinking, I read some Twitter guy, too, talking about money and how much is enough. I was literally thinking, if someone offered me $10 million today to just erase all those memories and those two years of living in Italy at you know a young age and obviously being a handsome you know Americano, I don't think I would take the money. I really don't. And that should go to kind of what your, your quote was saying is about uh, the traveling is the, the best thing money can buy or the experiences and whatnot. But it's true. And I think doing it young is totally different. They're, the famous picture is this old like couple, you know, grandma and grandpa in, in Venice and they're on the gondola and they're sleeping <laughs> whether they're, they're getting bushed around Venice. I'm like, oh, holy shit. So, yeah. Definitely. I think, yeah, I'm so grateful I've, I've lived this, this travel life, but it's getting to a point now. Like I want to see, I shouldn't say I got more time with it. I want to see a lot of Russia, um, India, China, and then uh, maybe do like a, an Africa tour type shit. Right. And then after that, I think I'm ready to be like, okay, Hey, 
I'm going to find the places I, f- I want to find, like Floripa in Brazil, you know, somewhere in southern uh, Europe to enjoy the Euro summer and uh, then kind of just chill and then do some trips, you know, obviously, especially when I have kids and show them around and, and so forth. But you only have so much energy and it gets lower and lower as you, as you get older. I'm 27, but I feel like I'm fucking, you know, living this life a lot older. But yeah. What else we got? Let's keep it rolling. We got some good, good content here. Um, I mean, so you've had this kind of, you know, travel lifestyle, uh, you know, constantly checking out new places um, and just enjoying life a day at a time. I'm curious in the experiences that you've had, what would you say is your life purpose? Was that the ambulance in the background? What yeah, was that? that was. That was an ambulance. Um, that's a sign from the universe, doctor. To get the fuck out of here, right? <laughs> My purpose uh, to make a difference in other people's lives, to, to live a totally free uh, lifestyle, Um this is why I do bull perceptions. I think it's a way for me to pass down my experiences, what I've learned to other people. Hopefully it sparks uh, motivation in them. Uh, I think that's kind of the way I'm flowing. I want to live a totally, completely free life with no regrets. And I hope it makes a difference in other people's lives. I assume sooner or later I'll check out and say, Lord Jesus is my savior, which I identify as a Christian hundred percent, but you know, go down that path of, you know, Jesus will save you. Someone po- posted that in my, one of my YouTube videos about, uh, you know, Jesus is the answer. Cause I, I wrote about, I lived my dream life and I wasn't fulfilled. Right. Yeah. And he's like, come on, Jesus is the answer. And I think that's kind of a cop out for a lot of people, you know, right. just, okay. You know, boom, uh, religion solves all my issues, but I definitely think it gives you a higher purpose. It gives you uh, good guidelines on life, morals, ethics, and fuck, I want to be saved in the afterlife. I mean, who, who doesn't? So, but yeah, does that answer your question? It does. And I ask that because I have always gone by the philosophy of stoicism and that at 80, 85, when I look back on the life I have lived, I want to be able to say I've lived a good life. I've experienced everything, right? I have done good work. I have saved lives. I have met good company, great people. I've dated beautiful girls. I've climbed mountains. I have done fucking everything. Um, And that I can die in peace wherever I am, whatever my situation is. If I am on the, the coast of Italy, if I am in a dialysis center struggling for my life if i am at a senior home in the middle of fucking nowhere right i want to be able to look back and say good strong work side that was a great life 100 percent. and uh, a point i didn't i kind of put it by then is i want to have a kid of course maybe yeah. a couple and then give everything to them so i think when you have a kid that becomes your purpose in life yeah. And I think that's beautiful and I want to pass down my genes and, and then I have all this stuff for him or her to look at and, and, and learn about. It's all documented. But um, yeah, bro, I want to go out with uh, with the bang. I'm not going out, you know, wimpy. So that's what I've said too. Like I've, I've came to that. Like obviously I, the one thing I really want to do is have the kid, but uh, not till I'm 35. But right. if I died today, I would not have any regrets. I would be like, okay. It's, it is what it is. And that, that feels good. That really feels feels good, especially now. Like, I don't know if you've noticed it. And it, it slows down a little bit when you travel. But shit, dude, like, 
10 years ago, I was um, a junior in, in high school. Like I remember, you know, baseball and football the other day, like and 10 years ago, it went like that. You know what I mean? So I think the time everyone says it, it goes faster and faster and, and you got to do shit with it. When you experience more though, it does slow down. Like I was in, I was thinking about this. I was in Albania last August, like uh-huh. September. And that feels like a lifetime ago. Like that was like, whoa. And that was only, you know, nine months ago, right? Someone that does a normal life was probably like, shit, nine months was was that fast, right? Yeah. That's great, though, because it it means you spent the nine months living as, you know, as people should. And it's um, that's the life. Do you plan to be married, married, meaning have a kid? Yes, I want a kid. I want a son. I want a fucking son. Like that just has to be in my future. Right. Like I need a legacy to pass my seat on to. Um, but do you believe that you will find the, the one, one who she will be your wife and your person till the day you die? They say the, the playboys and the, the people that do what we're talking about, they only have daughters. So I'm a little <laughs> worried about that. But <laughs> even if I had a daughter, it is what it is. Um, I think it That's life's karma, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, when I'm 35, I want to have a kid for sure. Um, I, do I think I will do the marriage thing? Probably not, um, especially if it's in the United States. Now, if it has to do with getting the passport, you know, say somewhere in the Schengen zone, then I could be open to it as long as I'm definitely protected, but um, I still will have the ceremony and all that for sure. Mm -hmm. You know, even do it through the the church as long as the government is not involved. But um, yeah, I, I, first of all, I have a beautiful relationship right now. Um, I think I will definitely have more beautiful relationships as, as things go on, if this one doesn't work, but I don't want to, I need to have the balance of the freedom. And that is going to be a topic of discussion with the person that is my uh, soulmate or, or the one is, you know, I need to, to still be free. And uh, but they definitely will be respected and, and the mother of my kid and, and, and so forth. And but do I think I'll just be, you know, locked up? I don't know. But, hey, I think the sex drive goes down. I think you get more calm as you go on and there becomes more priorities and, and so forth. But for me, like. Look, I do a lot of different things. Like if anyone thinks my life is just womanizing or traveling, like th- there's a lot more to me. But uh, to me, the, the woman and, and these feelings, there's it's hard to replicate that. I think it's the spice of life. Like, you know, being with a, a person that you'd like, you care about and doing activities and, and feeling that like that love and that energy. Like there's it's hard to replicate any emotions like that. Right. And I think you know, we see with the divorce rate, we see with the 40, 50 year old dudes commenting on young girls like TikToks and, and uh, Instagram, like it doesn't necessarily leave you like uh, look at DiCaprio, for God's sakes. Look at all those guys like they've seen it all. They've done it all. But they still love that that feminine energy, like doing beautiful things together. And that's something that's going to be hard for me to just uh, to, to give up, even if I have that that one special person, because I think, you know, the famous quote is no matter how beautiful the person is, there's someone that is sick of fucking them. <laughs> like that is just absolutely. what it is, you know? Absolutely. So. No, that's absolutely true. And, um, Jay-Z, Jay-Z cheating on Beyonce for God's sakes. That's how life works, bro. But I mean, you know, here's the thing, right? I, um, 
I completely agree with you. There is a there's a beauty in in true feminine energy uh, that truly is a spice of life in its own way. It kind of it vitalizes me as a man to just have that energy around me. Um, but there is that idea too that you gotta. Okay, I'm 27, 28 now, right? I love the life I live. I enjoy it. I love the the variety, the diversity, the seduction. But will I feel the same way in 10 years? Right? I'm I don't think the first 50 girls are going to be the same as the next 50 and the 50 after that. Meaning at a certain point, I'm going to get just fucking tired of it. Right? I might not. Hopefully the tea I have is still up and high and I'm still down for it. But at a certain point, you know, I think by the time you hit 40, 50, you just want something to come home to. Right. I, I think it will eventually kind of leave our system. It's just not out of us yet. Um, but who knows, dude, it could be never, it could be at 70, 80 till the day we die. Um, well, let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. Okay. Okay. So I, I've had, you know, multiple beautiful relationships over the years that they've known that I am not just with one person. Okay. That, you know, I need my little funk and whatnot. So as much as I appreciate the cuddling, the holding hands, the deep kissing and so forth, after a while, you know, as much as I appreciate them, as much as I love being around them, cuddling, doing all that kind of stuff. I need like the, the lion inside of me is like, just give me something new, nasty, different. I just need to do something. Right. And once I do it, oh, my God, I come back to, to the girl and the sex is so amazing. The feelings, the the, the hugging, the holding. It's like a, a brand new feeling. Right. And um, I think uh, it's just kind of like in the brain, the, the human nature for a dude, especially is like we need to still be on the hunt. Whether it's, you know, you translate it into business where you translate it into sports or, or or just doing something creative, right? Like we can't get too comfortable. Like that's the whole thing. Like the comfort kills, right? Absolutely. And uh, I, I felt that many times in, in relationships when I have the most perfect person I've ever wanted, right? Everything is beautiful. I, I still feel like I need to to hunt for a little, you know what I mean? I got to go back in the freaking jungle and go get the food. You know, we're going to cook it up type idea. So I don't know. Like, I, I definitely agree. Like I'm slowing down hundred percent. Like right now it's so hard for me to have sex that has no feelings to it. I need to feel something. I can't do the empty stuff anymore. Like it feels hollow inside, but I, I still, I still need it. I still need to meet that random person and go on a weird date and, you know, maybe go fuck on the beach or do something, you know, different. And uh, it's just, it just is what it is. And again, I'm young, like I'm 27. I get it, but I've lived a lot. And uh, I, I've talked to many older people, you know, cause you meet a lot of people doing this traveling. Right. And the mindset is, is not necessarily too, too different. So. I completely agree with that. I think there is a, um, there's a beauty in the hunt, right? Seduction itself is an art form in its own way. Um, and it's something that you can never really give up. And a lot of men, they find someone, they get married and they completely give it up. And I don't know, like maybe I've just always had a wandering eye. Um, but I see another pretty girl and I'm like, I want to take those leggings off her. Right. 
it's just it doesn't get out of my head. And I do believe it's very healthy, right? It's just a natural drive that men have. It's just like, okay, I see the gazelle. I need to hunt her. I need to put her trophy head up, right? It's the same concept. Um, I completely agree. Why would porn be the most visited websites in the world? Why would OnlyFans be such a thriving business? Do you think 18, 19-year-old kids have a ton of money to send these OnlyFans girls? No. Who's sending them the money? 40, 50, 60 year old dudes are sending them the money. Like, who else would it be? So, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Maybe Jesus is the answer. So we'll see. Because I think I, I think that'll give you purpose. That'll give you some sort of hunt or something. Maybe I'll become a crusader. That's what I, I should agree. do. Those volts. Not yet. Not yet. Exactly. Not yet. No, I, this is not the key, yet. though. I think all this stuff, there's a lot of people that talk about this kind of stuff. But they, they they say, okay, no, you know, that, that lifestyle is bad. It's not fulfilling. But they never lived it, okay? I think you need to live this lifestyle. Then you can preach it, and then you can, you can go live it, right? But the people that just go right from the start, like, no, it's bad. I know it's bad. People told me it's bad. They're the ones that blow up in, when they're 35, 40, 50. Like, they're like, oh, my God, did I make the right decision? I never felt this. I never did that. My experiences, blah, blah, blah. And they go crazy, right? And I think that is very important for every person, like, especially dudes. you got to live this before you start doing the Jesus or all that kind of lifestyle. But maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I completely agree with you. It's uh, There's a quote that says, the saddest thing is a man who dies with his music still in him. It's very true. Who said that? I don't know um some philosopher or something i'll send it to you but no it's absolutely true man you gotta you gotta live the life you gotta just do everything do it all you know don't leave any stone unturned um and i'm glad you feel that way and i'm and it's hard to find people that agree with that that live that life and to be able to talk to someone face to face that uh that lives it and believes in it is very refreshing. I think there's a lot of people that think that way. They just don't say it or live it. Yeah, that's true as well. That's all I have for you, man. Well, that's good. That's an hour and six minutes of good, good content. Nothing else is on your mind. What's the future plans, travel yeah. destinations? So, you know, I first got to finish my training and find a job. But after I do that, my plan is to to go to Argentina, you know, for a few months, live there, enjoy the life. Um, I've gotten very much into journaling. I'm not sure how you feel about it, but I love to journal. It has no perceptions. It's all one big journal, basically. Um, and I journal every day, the experiences, um, and then live that life. Go to Europe, go to, to Australia, New Zealand, live a different life in different countries, meet hundreds, thousands of people and make hundreds and thousands of memories. That's good. That's, That's good. It. Do that doctors without borders or some shit, or how are you going to work remotely? Yeah. Easily. Yeah. Um, I would get to Argentina soon because they're still so messed up with the exchange rate and everyone, I haven't been there, but I'm probably going to go there this uh, summer. So USA winter. Um, you got to go to like the Western Union to get the best rate or you exchange real dollars uh, on these different things. Because like the, the real rate is like it was like 400 
pesos to one dollar, but then the government is trying to give you two hundred pesos for one dollar. But people are living large in Argentina with the with the the dollars for sure, dude. So I've heard great things about Argentina. Um, I've heard it's pretty much like the the Paris of the South America. Yeah, Buenos Aires. That's what they called yeah. it back in the day. It used to be until Peronism and all their bullshit happened and they destroyed that country. It was one of the richest countries in the world. Like in the early 1900s, it was big time. And now it's become a shithole. Sad. Sad. No. That's life, man. But um, I see so many people around me that have never left Long Island, right? That, that have never left their home. And that is the saddest life a man can live, right? If they're happy, no, I used to say this, but if they're happy, it doesn't matter. Happiness and perspective and bubbles, like if your bubble makes you happy, Akuna Matata, Akuna Matata. Yeah, but it's a very like, like I don't know, man, like a sad form of happiness. Like, is that all? Is that your bubble? Like, is that all you have there? Like, at least you know, venture out a bit, expand the bubble. Get ignorance out. is bliss ignorance is bliss trust me if uh i could snap my fingers and live like uh let's just say like okay a down syndrome person okay. every time i see a down syndrome person they're smiling they're giggling they're doing whatever like if they're happy in their head 24 7 like that's all that matters the rest of the world is looking i'm like damn oh my god like I, it would be so bad to be you know that in their shoes and living that but what if in their head they are the happiest person in the world. Like, it looks like it from the outside. I see it, right? Shit, if you could snap your fingers and be in eternal bliss, I mean, my God, that's what heaven is. That's what nirvana is, no? Absolutely. Hey, you're right, man. That's a, that's a good perspective. That's a very good perspective. Um, I think that's the problem, too, is when you see a lot, you do a lot, you experience a lot, then you're kind of fucked because you're like, oh, my God. Like, you, you're not – there's no more ignorance necessarily – and you, you got to, you have more struggle, you know, but obviously what we've talked about earlier is the struggle is what makes things happy and, and whatnot. And I can look back and say no regrets, blase, blase, but I'm never going to be the one that says I have all the answers. I'm speaking from my experience. I'm speaking from what I've learned, what I've read, studied, blah, 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 blah. And for the most part, I'm happy. So take that for how you want to take it. That's all that matters, man. I think we both have, um, seen the brighter light and we'll continue to chase it. Akuna Matata. I appreciate you buddy coming on. It was a good little almost therapy session. So that was good, I'm man. glad you reached I, out to um, people are finally starting to reach out more and more, which is good. Cause I used to never reach out to people I listen to, but uh, definitely the DMS are open. Hit me up, have conversations like this. And uh, I look forward to seeing what kind of adventures uh, Mr. Anonymous doctor has got going on in the future. Hey man, I appreciate your time and I appreciate you having me. Also, I have no health insurance. So if I'm ever in the States, I have a problem. You better take care of me. You've got my Instagram. <laughs> All right, everyone else live bold. Ciao, ciao. Ciao, ciao.